The wheel of time turns and ages come and go, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the Third Age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the Wheel of Time. But it was a beginning. The Wheel of Time turns and podcasts come and go. Welcome to Wattcast, a Wheel of Time book and watch club. We are reading through Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series and watching Amazon's Wheel of Time TV show. I'm Caleb Wimble and with me today is Keely Frank. Hello. And it's probably just going to be the two of us today. We're just going to have uh, our own duo discussion. Uh, maybe Nick will be joining us, but I think it's probably uh, probably just going to be us due to conflict schedules. Uh, email us questions, comments, and corrections via contact at wattcast.net. The subject line questions, we'll answer them here on the show. But today we're just going to get right into it. For those unfamiliar, The Wheel of Time is an epic fantasy series by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. We've read through the first book, Eye of the World. We've watched the first season of Amazon's TV adaptation. Today we're digging into book two of the series, The Great Hunt, chapters 36 to 40. Uh, so what happens in these chapters? Uh, we have we left off with the party finally reunited and they travel to the Ogier Steading near Calhien in order to use the ways there. Um, and and after after some discussion with the elders, uh, they, they 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 get permission to use the ways. They try to go in them and Machin Shin, the Black Wind, is there again. It's waiting again. So this was all kind of pointless, but they decide to use a portal stone, and they find that there is one available. Um, things don't go well when Ran tries to use it, because he's the only one who can. Ver Varen is not able to use the stone she informs them. Everybody experiences like these flickering thousands of alternate lives that they just live through in sequence. Uh, kind of a horrifying experience of just dying repeatedly, Dark One laughing at the end of each one. And then they arrive in Tome and Head out of these otherworld lives, but it's four months later than when they went into the stone, so they lost time instead of gained it. Meanwhile, at the White Tower, our favorite Red Sedai, uh, Leandrin, tells Egwene and Nynaeve that Rand, that Rand is in danger along with their other friends, gets them to meet her in the grove for a journey. Elaine and Min over here and come along, so they're all going together. Uh, they go through the ways. Wouldn't you know it? It is a trap. Turns out Leandrin is evil. What? And, uh, and led them really horrifically into slavery by the Shanchan, who are like waiting with an army outside the Waygate when they arrive. Um, the, so Egwene, Nynaeve, Min and Elaine, they, there's like, uh, immediately there's a, a melee and Nynaeve and Elaine escape into the woods because Nynaeve's like throwing out lightning storms and, 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 and like tornadoes and shit fighting with the Shanchan while Egwene gets collared by a Suldam named Rena, who tells Egwene that she is now Demane, um, which is a slave, uh, Aes Sedai, essentially a slave channeler, and that she can only channel when giving permission, that she is like tortured into submission, and then um, a sort of con like assents to go along uh, for 
in exchange for saving Min's life, who they are about to kill. And, and that brings us pretty much up to date. Uh, so uh, once again, so much going on in these chapters. I, we had a, it felt like a very brief respite at the Ogier steading before getting right back into um, uh, like, like what, what now feel, feels for me, typical great hunt, like crazy things going on. Uh, so, so Keely, what, what were the big highlights for you out of these? Yeah, I think the, I mean, the giant one was definitely Leandrin, um, mm-hmm. which, so when she is just referring to like the master, or we're just assuming that that's supposed to be like the dark one. I think so. Yeah, that's the Egwene. I think she has like a, an image of Balzaman from her from her dreams when she thinks about it. So that's that's exactly where I went to. Okay. Um, because this, assuming that that's what it is, I'm pretty positive that that's what they're going for. Um, mm-hmm. that's something that I accidentally <laughs> spoiled myself on. Um, that oh. Leander is actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It was back when we were watching season one. I was oh. googling something, and I don't remember what <laughs> I was googling. And it was like, oh, by the way, Leander evil and i was like well fuck so i've just been like waiting for that to to come up so i was like oh Mm -hmm. bummer she's evil um but so i'm like really confused about rand's the group that he's with because he's channeling to use the stones right Uh uh-huh yeah so everyone around him has to know that he can channel right no i I don't think so it's only um well his friends know and varen knows and she kind of takes him aside and varen's giving him cover because she's pretending like she's the one who knows all about waystones and everything and when everybody else is listening oh you know she's like rand come over and help me you've been through a waystone much more recently than i of which she then reveals to him in private like i've never been through one at all that's why (laughs) okay uh yeah yeah, that's what I was I was getting confused on. I was like, wait, is she are are they assuming that she's actually the one doing it? Otherwise they all would have to know that Rand is the one doing it. Yeah, I um, think so. I'm not even sure that they know that you need to be able to channel to use one. Okay. Um, that 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 part is not clear to me in memory, but yeah, I do think Varen's giving the as much cover for Rand as she can through all this. Pretty okay. cleverly for the most part. Yeah, and it's also kind of I'm just having like a hard time visualizing like the setting so like because you know they always have these conversations like next to each other I'm like well how far right, away is yeah. everyone else unless they're whispering and like if these two were always like talking to each other I feel mm-hmm. like that would make me suspicious if I was also in the group but maybe everyone else is just kind of happy to not ask questions I'm not really sure yeah and I don't know how much is also the mystique that they're attaching to uh, Lord Rand at this point too like uh, like Hurin sort of just ev- even knowing that he's a shepherd and everything is still like extremely loyal and thinks Rand has it all figured out and they're all kind of, and the sh- and the we know that the Shyanarans they have like so much reverence and respect for the Aes Sedai like more than anybody we've met so I don't think they're very suspicious of of Varen the closest is I think Ingtar is like getting antsier and antsier about getting the horn all the time again the thing feels like a Baromir um, routine to me that that he's doing but even he seems he like he, he bristles against being slowed down uh, but uh, still seems to trust Varen's authority pretty implicitly I think so when she calls Randover apart from the others to the stone I, I think they're all willing to just assume that there's you know nothing nothing to worry about going on okay yeah I mean I guess that like that makes sense kind of thinking about it now but definitely in the moment it just like how many yeah, times yeah. does Rand have to experience something or it, ju- it just feels like it doesn't make sense that everyone's not noticing that something is happening but I guess mm-hmm. just because there's not you know dialogue saying that they're noticing it doesn't mean that they're not because who knows what's going to happen 
my my impression when they go into the stone is that it just kind of happens to everyone at the same time and they're all and i think they're all experiencing the exact same thing like all every other possible permutation of their life or mm-hmm. at least like the thousand or so nearest possible permutations where like a single decision changed the entire course of their life uh so at least from that point on i don't, I don't think they're even thinking about rand as doing something specifically um within um although oh you know what's interesting about that is in a lot of them rand is like channeling and shit in the one in the ones that he experiences and there's all mm-hmm. those things going on and matt sort of talks about like he's sort of like i'm sorry i'm sorry you know i would never have done that like implying that he like betrays rand and sell, sells him out and gets him killed or something in some of them so i'm wondering right. wait in all these other lives playing out are is that a chance for everybody else who goes through the stone to see what what rand's deal is like you would think at some point with with rand having these powers and he becomes like um a false dragon in some of them or he becomes uh eaten away by the power in some of them or 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 you know even like serving queen Morgaze and channeling to fight the armies of Shan Chan uh, that are coming in. So yeah, I wonder what they witnessed in any of those and whether they and whether they even know I don't know if they know that these are alternate lives either. Like we didn't spend a whole lot of time with the rest of this group before jumping over to the White Tower, it felt like. Right. And I couldn't tell like it felt almost like what Nynaeve had to go through. Um yeah. where she had to go through and like saw these potential lives. It felt kind of like that, but then I also wasn't sure what we're really supposed to think is happening because that it keeps ending as if the like the Balsamon is messing with Rand the whole time because he just yeah, keeps saying yeah. over and over like I can kill you I can kill you the lose there and then flicker and then you know that yeah, he's like yeah. seeing it again so I wasn't sure if we're supposed to be looking at alternate potentially like alternate timelines like different decisions or if this is just like something that Balsamon is doing like I'm that part of it was kind of weird I think it's the former because we had at least as far as we know from the first time they went through like they care characterize these as worlds that might be mm-hmm. or worlds that might have been uh, already. And the way that Varian describes them, I- I'm really sold on the, this is a multiverse. Mm-hmm. And I think that that fits with Balsamon every time being like, I win again, lose there. And I win like, and, and, he, and he's always taunting Rad about the fact that they have done this so many times before. And he has won every time he believes from his perspective. And I think in, in the eye of the world, I thought that was just in the past of this world. Uh, because this it's like this cycle going on of reincarnation and you know he's fought he's thought fought all these different versions of Rowland Darkspade loose there and dragons reborn over time but now I'm sort of thinking as of the great hunt that he also means like in all these other realities because he seems aware of all of them at the same time like I feel like the dark one it, 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 this whole thing is being able to step outside time and space he's he is from outside time and space and wants to get into it to destroy the wheel of time and I get the sense whether I'm not 100% sure about this but I get the sense that he is sort of one almost everywhere like across the multiverse mm-hmm. and this is like the one one or one of the only remaining realities where he hasn't succeeded yet and and this is like we're we're witnessing the world where things are might go right or it's like the one last chance for things to go correctly um which i i i i know that there's other other stories that have done this famously so i wish the one that wasn't coming to mind was avengers of infinity war with the (laughs) the the doctor strange plan for this to be you know oh this is the one possible timeline where beat thanos kind of thing yeah i was just thinking um because we just watched it again uh men in black three with is it oh yeah griff i think that he's like well you know this guy's gonna come through the door unless this is the timeline where this happens unless this is the timeline. so it's definitely something that's been done a lot um 
But I guess, okay, so I was thinking more that it was, instead of it necessarily being, like, a past or, like, alternate timeline of where Balzaman is saying, like, I wouldn't again lose there. I was thinking that Mm -hmm. it's more of he was, like, waiting and, like, currently saying, like, I win again um, just over and over, not necessarily as, like, you know, we're just hearing him say it in all of these different timelines, if that makes sense. It could be, yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking it was both because I I think of the Dark One as a timeless being who, you know, so for him, like, all all these things are taking place simultaneously, kind of uh, regardless. And and so I I think he is taunting Rand in the present. That's how I sort of thought about it, but that Rand is experiencing all these things that for the Dark One, uh, may, and maybe that's kind of how Rand's experience is going. He is sort of experiencing time here in cyclical linear fashions, but that they're all the same for the Dark. I, 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 don't, I don't, I'm not confident yeah. about any of this. That's, <laughs> so it could just be entirely that, like you said, that these are, yeah, that these are just visions that he is giving to Rand, that he was sort of waiting for Rand to use the Waystone in the way that Machin Shin is waiting for them to come through the Waygate. That could, that could be too. I, I don't think it's, it's not very explicit here I'm, I'm i'm just inferring a lot from what we do get right and have they explained why or how much and shin got put into the ways i the story that we got from moraine and from loyal was that it was it, it it's sort of born of the taint on cyadine because the male the male channelers cre- created these as like uh, so when the male channelers were all going crazy and destroying the world a bunch of them hid out on ogier steadings because that stopped the corruption for a while uh and so as a gift to the ogier of, of gratitude for letting them stay there so long eventually they had to leave because they would die being cut off from the one power but they created these way gates to give the Ogier access between all the steadings because the world has been destroyed and there's no safe way to travel anywhere. But because they were because they were corrupted, like touching the corrupted one power, um, this huge thing that they did got like the corruption sort of evolved over time into a, a kind of sentient being. Uh, it's like all, it, it sort of seems like it's made of the souls in some ways of the corrupted. Um, channelers who created the ways and then also the people that it's devoured over time in the ways along with it so it's like this hungering mass of pure evil i guess is is the way i see it um and and when we learn oh yeah right right we, we get we meet an ogier who has lost his soul and mind mm-hmm. to machin shin in the steading and it's just like an empty husk of of a person at this point like a walking corpse um i I, and I don't know. I, th- I don't know if the show's version is compatible or not. If it's the same thing, they're showing it in a different way. Because the show, like we talked about, like shows Machin Shin as the sort of force that shows you your darkest inner self. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it actually devours an- anything. So um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of my impression of the versions too. Okay, because I guess I'm just having kind of like a hard time at deciphering between how the two, like the ways and the portal stones, kind of work. Mm-hmm. Because I originally thought that like you know the ways is something. Thing that like you can physically travel through it's not just kind of like in the blink of an eye where it felt like that was what the portal yeah, yeah. stones were until this point um where you know they all saw something and then it ends up taking four months so i guess i assume that at a different point in one of the books it will explain yeah. more about the portals but i guess yeah i'm just like because then i was like well why isn't uh-huh. machin shin then attached to the portals if it could be attached to the way gates but the way gates were created through the steadings so. yeah well and the portals we think 
were created even before the age of legends. They were they were created by some even older civilization pre-Aes Sedai. And the Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends sort of tried to figure them out as best they could. Uh, so yeah, we've got so many different other worlds and mystical artifacts from ancient mm-hmm. times. that they're, they're, But they're, you're right, there will be a grand unifying portal theory given at, uh, <laughs> at a later point in, in the books that will answer some of these. Okay, cool. Um, and I, it's like, as neat as it is to come across all of these like artifacts and just like cool shit that was created in the Age of Legends, mm-hmm. it also kind of is meaningless at this point because so many of mm. them are being found that they're like, oh, this was created in the Age of Legends. <laughs> and we don't know. It's like, okay, well, so is fucking everything else at this point. And I don't know what any of it means. So <laughs> I, I like, I guess it's Too all much. supposed to, yeah, like, I guess it's all supposed to signify that like, you know, the, the final battle is coming and this age mm-hmm. is going to end and all of that. But some of it is just kind of getting lost on me at this point because of how much is like supposed to be unique or special. It's like, well, it can't all fucking yeah, be yeah. special. That's a good point. Um, I feel like it's it's easy for like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign to run into that problem too, where if, it's, if you if there's too many magic items and artifacts and otherworldly powers and and um, factions involved, that happens all the time. I feel like at, at the table, at some point, it just becomes like too many to keep track of. Yeah, because then like, well, that I mean, in like very similar way, then it's like, well, what am I supposed to care about? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't care equally about all of these things and want to learn the lore for all of these things. You need to narrow it down. It's like, yeah, pick out your one ring. We will worry about that. Everything else is kind of an afterthought. Yeah. And it's it's totally different too coming to it as an adult, because again, when I was reading these as a kid, like. I just devoured the, you know, I would read every book I could get my hands on. We lived kind of at the time, like out the middle of nowhere, like, um, like fish, like fishing town and asparagus farming country. We lived two, you know, mile and a half, two miles outside a town of 1800 people. All our neighbors were asparagus farmers. Uh, so the collection of books that were there were very limited and it was whatever I could get my hands on. And then sometimes we would, uh, a couple times a year, uh, drive up to Bangkok and I would buy whatever I could afford at the bookstores and the English bookstores up there. So I would pour through like the wheel of time stuff the red wall stuff whatever i would obsess over the lore and when i caught up with the series i'd be waiting a a year or two for the next book and just really you know get it getting online on early dial-up and and obsessing on forums and figuring out what all the plot threads are who all these connections are and now yeah i don't i don't have the time for that in the same way i'm not i'm not usually i'm i'm feeling a similar level of overwhelm with brandon sanderson's stormlight archive on on Mm -hmm. the four the the books are growing exponentially or not logarithmically in size like they're they're kind of doubling in size actually each book in that series and I, i the fourth one came out in september or something and i i opened it and i'm like oh god i can't do 1600 pages right now or whatever whatever it was there's so much going on in that world so many things and i just and and yeah it's it's it is exhausting still still rewarding in ways that it was as a kid but when you don't have that seemingly infinite childhood time it's a different stories like this for me yeah i think i mean I, i think a lot of us are kind of experiencing that like anyone that reads or plays video games or you know watches movies or whatever it's kind of like like there's gonna end up being like a psychological term at some point called like fantasy fatigue where there's uh-huh. just there's too many of like kind of the same tropes the same stereotypes but then randomly unique magic systems and it's like i can't keep track of the magic systems and you know these specific characters from all these different universes because mm-hmm. like i think i'm in the middle of like 
30 different series and I have <laughs> like 70 first books in other series and I just I get wow. stuck in them especially like I haven't started I I read the first in the Mistborn books years ago and then since then I, I've owned his books but I've always been kind of overwhelmed to get into them so it's like you know I can dive into you know a six seven hundred page fantasy right now to read these books Mm -hmm. But I can't really do that <laughs> with any other series because then I'm going to start like conflating characters and it's it's neat and I appreciate that it's out there, but it's also mm -hmm. a lot all the time. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing people talk similarly about the later Dark Tower books growing up. That's one I still uh, haven't read through. Um, but yeah, the, the Stephen, the big Stephen King fans talking about even for the biggest ones, the degree to which the world exploded to a, such an extent at some point that it, it became an almost o overwhelming universe building project. How, how do you feel about so that's so yeah so so Rand's party is kind of in a a, a lot going on whirlwind of literal worlds and and, mm -hmm. and states here. How are you feeling about uh, about the other group, the White Tower crew, and uh, and and what 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 we're getting into here? Because uh, I could tell you, I'm, I'm getting memories back of the first time reading this. It's uh, I I think it's a it's a good plot turn. It, it's it's interesting. It's exciting. But oh my god, is it is it maddening the extent of of Leandrin's uh sudden but inevitable betrayal <laughs> yeah like as soon as she said like oh you know we're going wherever i wrote down like well that's a fucking trap like yeah. there's there's no way that she would just randomly be like this is helpful and don't then, tell anyone <laughs> yeah like don't okay well you know i work I, the field that i work in is fraud and that's uh -huh. one of the like the main things that scammers tell people is like don't tell anyone that this is happening like, oh, yeah. okay, that's a fucking red flag. I'm telling everyone. <laughs> and so I was then thinking, like, I haven't yet, but I wanted to go back and see exactly what Leandrin was saying to them because she can't outright lie. But they definitely, the dialogue, I think the dialogue with her is really like creative in that you know that she's doing something, but you don't know exactly uh -huh. what she's doing. So, like, you buy whatever she's saying. So I think, like, she only says, like, your friends are in trouble or something, which is true, but they take it as, like, yeah. oh, well, we need to go actually help them right now. So, And she refuses to elaborate really quickly. She's like, no more of your foolish questions will I answer after, like, the second or third yeah. uh, attempt to pin it down. And then, so, I'm, I'm not entirely buying kind of the dynamics of the four at this point like Egwene and Nynaeve obviously are like frenzies and then Min is also in there and kind of Elaine but it their friendship I think grew really really fast yeah especially, so, especially Elaine yeah and so for them to randomly be like well we're going with it's like but you did that the first book when this all got started and like <laughs> how did that fucking work out for you so and I mean obviously like she can't I, well, Leandrin, I guess, could have outright killed them. She did. I did notice. She did specifically say that, like, I, I had plans or something to take care of your friends. Yeah, to take care of you. Yeah, and I was like, okay, obviously she was going to fucking murder you guys. Um, So them going with was kind of like, okay. Like, it felt kind of convenient just to keep the group together Um, instead of me really buying that, like, oh, well, they would have been listening through this hole in the wall and then forcing themselves to go with. Yeah, it's actually, um, I, I didn't remember how quickly they left the White Tower, and we don't get to see any of any of the the lessons or or anything firsthand. We hear like very brief snippets of like their lectures and classes and the many months of of uh, of, of discipline and the mistress um, mistress of novices. And but we're just kind of told all that happens and that they get close to each other. And I really somehow filled in gaps of all this being there. Now I kind of want to see it. Like I, I would have enjoyed, I think, um, 
a little more time spent for sure, at least building those relationships and and maybe seeing more of the experience of learning. Maybe we get some of that more in later books. I I, I don't remember. Maybe that's next book. I'm I'm thinking, but but I thought we had more of the sort of you know Wizard Academy thing going on, but we're really just skipping right past all of it here. It's like we're told that happened, and we got close. We we bonded, and now we're being whisked off on a really horrible misadventure here. And and yeah, I don't I don't really buy Elaine's characterization yet either i think min i'm on board i'm really i'm min min tracks to me for whatever reason and 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 maybe it's the convenience of her having this ability to always sort of know things that other people don't know and having these prophetic attachments and she we get the sense that she's somebody who kind of knows everybody's fate and her own but knows that there are ways to change bits of it and she puts herself into certain positions to avoid other fates um but her personality also comes across more strongly to me. And Elaine, at this point, I don't know either. I, I, I don't feel like I really have a good handle on, on who she is yet, besides plucky princess who, who wants to have adventures. And even that is really thinly sketched. We haven't gotten anything from her perspective and haven't really seen her interacting with other people much. Yeah, and the the few couple sentences that she does have with Nynaeve when they realize that they both escaped, it just keeps kind of going back to like, well, what will my mom think? What will the queen think? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Again, it's she's reading so young. I don't know how old she's supposed mm-hmm. to be, but this just feels like a character that it's like you're, you're literally like fucking escaping from people trying to enslave and murder you. And she's like, what will my mom think? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, so that was kind of frustrating. I did just go back and I was looking to see what Lee Andrew said, and she's very vague. She just says that, like, oh yeah, she's like, did you know that Moraine wrote letters to the White Tower about you, and then yeah, um, that like your friends are in trouble. Don't you want to help them? And so she does keep it very vague. Like she doesn't yes. really say anything. So it's like I hate that. I hate that it's like so sneaky about like what they say and they don't say. So, so sneaky that like even knowing already from having read the books before that she was Black Aja, I still thought she lied to them directly in this passage as she's saying mm-hmm. that stuff when, when I first read it. Uh, and I had to go back to see, oh, no, really? Like, I thought she said that like Moraine that, oh, you know, Moraine ha- tasked me with, uh, you know, with, with helping you all or something. But no, it's like you said, she she just says like uh, she doesn't connect any of the dots. She's like, Moraine wrote to the White Tower. Well, what does that mean? You stole some of her letters to Swan or, or something. something. Yeah. And, and and your friends are. In tr- yeah, it is so serpentine and get it, getting us into not lying. Although there is the open question of in order to be if she is Black Aja um, and 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 serves Balsamon, how like that that itself is against the three oaths that that itself right. like of which Egwene or no not Egwene which Elaine brings up like how how is this possible like viol- seems seemingly violates the three oaths and Nynaeve's not sure and she's like well I don't know and maybe she didn't outright lie and they're there and she has the same sort of thought process that we did of like trying to go back through her words in her mind did she lie outright at any point she never <laughs> I the the the, uh, the technicality I never said I wouldn't enslave you in the course of, <laughs> of this uh possible roundabout way for helping your friends from my perspective of of saving Rand's life and maybe it is saving Rand's life because this is part of the plan to bring him over to the dark mm-hmm. one or whatever yeah and I was wondering because like in every other way gate there's been Machin Chin and that's why they had to use the portal stone but then when she opens the way gate it's not there yeah, yep. and so I think that like plays into more of like well it's you know th- the dark one has some potential influence or something like you, Machin Chin's bad so it's not going to go after someone that is also bad I assume I have no idea uh well we know that the Trollocs and Fades 
uh, are terrified of it and that it does devour them. I have the sense that it's following Rand's party, that it is okay. tracking them in the overworld, sort of. like, and, and I think that's why it's been right there and waiting every time. I think it's following them around. And to me, this was, I, I took this as, oh, it can't be multiple places at once necessarily. And it is fo- following Rand's group around the world at the moment and waiting for them than when they come through the gate. Also because it can move much faster than them in in the ways then in the world. But um it but but that's not that doesn't necessarily preclude that the that the dark one has some influence over it. other than that we do know that it does eat dark friends and shadow spawn. Can right. And then Leandrin said I wrote down something really vague. I think she was talking about what the hell was she talking about? I wrote I wrote what does Leandrin know about it? Where did she take them? So we know where she yeah. took them, but what does Leandrin know about it? I think was that she made some kind of comment about like I know things that Moraine doesn't know. Yeah. Because they were questioning her about something with the Waygate, how it was going to be a problem. And she was like, well, I know things she doesn't know. And mm-hmm. I think that was her saying she can do something to Machin Shin. Well, she could also navigate the ways, which Moraine couldn't, right? Like Lo- Loyal had to navigate Right. She's got before. some kind of like document that she's looking at. Yeah. And uh, and clearly the ones waiting on the other, like Lady Suroth, I think it's pretty, pretty explicit that she is also a dark friend and that, these, that the dark one has power among the Shanchan as well as among the Aes Sedai. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, uh, Egwene is talking and she said, yeah, they're talking about the Black Wind. Marianne Sedai said it could not be killed or even hurt very much. Mm-hmm. And then Leandrin says, if the Black Wind appears, I will deal with it. Mm. Marianne yeah, does maybe... not know as much as she thinks. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she does have a way of harming it or warding it off. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I assume that they'll talk more about that because then I was even thinking, you know, she says to them, well, like, you know, oh, there's a black a black Aja walking around the tower, yeah. like in the tower. And I was thinking, like, why are you telling these teenage girls? Like, if you were actually not a black Aja, wouldn't you do something about that? Or like tell someone that's not these just random teenage mm-hmm. girls? But yeah. She's not lying if she is the black Aja. That's, yeah. And and if there's more than her, I I kind of assumed yeah. it was was the plural that uh, or because the dark one has claimed that in several points in this book I think so far that he that he has sisters uh, right. among among the ice today. So they show up and it's, I mean it's it's obviously like an ambush because they're all right there. Um, I thought it was interesting that um Rena is talking about how an Aes Sedai created the leashes and the yeah the chains and stuff. We get a little short story there about the the origin. Of the idom yeah and it was kind of confusing to track the different terms for the ones that wear the chains the ones that control the chains and then there were other words for like people that there's like some other word for, oh like, yeah yeah for 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 un unchained channelers uh maroth domain they call yeah. them or maroth maroth domane yeah yeah so it was it was kind of difficult to follow that but then also like so fucked up that she was talking about how sometimes they'll put the chains and the harness thingy like on men just to see what happens oh yeah like, just to fuck for, with them <laughs> for the empress's entertainment yeah so who is suroth in regards to is it turok yeah, High, High Lord Turok. Uh, 
Um, yeah. Did we? Do we know? Is she? Is she a high lady? Do they call her that, or just a yeah. lady? She is a high lady. It so is she's high lady of the blood. So I guess she's of equal standing to him. I get. I get the sense that they are the highest ranking leaders of the invasion here, uh, currently on the continent. Like I don't think there's anybody higher than Sir Arthur Turok, and that and that uh, until until you get back to Shan Chan itself in in the Empire. Okay. Yeah. It just in the back. It just says Sian um, Chan, a noble woman of high degree. But I didn't know. Is that like her brother? Are they married? Like, oh, good question. Yeah. What is it? Where is it here? High Lord literally says the same thing. Sian <laughs> Chan of high degree. High Lord of House Aladon. But then, so what's the blood part? Because they kept saying blood with like a capital B. The like the same way that uh, you know British royalty would would use it. They're of of they're supposed to be all of the the royal blood uh the noble blood of Arthur Hawkwing so they're like any gotcha. anybody except except that you can now you don't have to literally be of the blood because you can be raised to the blood we know from earlier chapters of uh of I'm forgetting her name who who captures Bale Doman the sa- the sailor talks about how you know this is like her chance to get raised to the blood for her service in uh this war so it is okay. possible to be to be made nobility uh, and to be given given a title but yeah they're they're treated as, and they're so they're so up their class is so far above the rest that like we, we see here Suroth's own people like she'll just talk about obliquely but she'll just talk about serving Balsamon in front of them uh and not mention that's not naming him but talk with Leandrin and knows that none of them are going to betray her or talk back or do anything about it or like they're, they're just you know which is interesting because earlier with now that I'm thinking about it with Lord Turok he was talking about how not even in private in his own house would he ever say a word against the Empress because the the, the seekers or the listeners are everywhere whichever they're called that mm. anyone you know in Shanshan could be one of the Empress's ears and might not actually be loyal to you directly but might be they might be like you know secretly one of the Empress's spies so I don't know what Lady Surath knows or how she is able to know that like every single all 50 of the people she has here are are not one of those or unless that is I'm just thinking like this is I wasn't didn't think about this till this moment that unless that implies something about just how high up the Dark One's hold goes in the Shanchan. I don't know mm. um, but it is wild kind of that she's just able to discuss this in front of them and oh yeah they're not going to question it that's not their place they're not of the blood Renna wouldn't even think about uh, about questioning Lady Sirroth's orders so then the ones that hold the leash are they can they also channel that is not mentioned uh it, okay. you, it's uh, presumably you you would think not because why are they not themselves leashed then in that in that case but they do mention uh like that there are way more suldam the ones who who can hold the leashes and there are demane the the leashed one uh the channelers that they catch and chain but it, it's a good question about like well not every woman can do this like how do how mm-hmm. are some able to why is it that only that being only she being chained to certain men makes them both die if that happens uh, it raises a lot of questions right away right here yeah because they said to Eguin like well maybe you'll be the kind that can make the uh adam the actual devices yeah. but then i'm looking up in the in the book and it says the soul dom is a woman who has passed the test to show that she can wear the bracelet and thus can yeah a dumb so but they haven't explained what those tests are have they no no not yet uh anyone yeah just a device 
can be worn to control against her will any woman who can channel. So I assume that they're going to go into the like the testing process and all of that mm-hmm. to explain more of that. Um, because the 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 chains, I guess, act as like a conduit because mm-hmm. she was saying like, oh well, anything that you do to me or that happens to me will happen to you. Like yeah, twice over, only twice as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, but then I also is Min currently chained. I don't think, like, if she is, it's conventional chains. I, I don't think, I think they know that she can't channel. They sort of say that in here because, um, so there'd be no point in putting a collar on her because right. there, uh, there's this argument between Leander and Sarath. And Sarath is like, you brought, you were supposed to bring two channelers and now I only have one. And, and Leandrin's like, well, that's not my fault. I brought you three channel or four, whatever, whatever it was four, right? Egwene, no, three, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve. Um, and it's not my fault that you let two of them get off in, into the, into the, so I, I think they're just, they're, they're sort of taking Min prisoner as um, a guarantee that Egwene will cooperate and be a good Demane in this like really demeaning way that they treat them like, like animals. It, it's just um, immediately skin crawling. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I don't know if there's something there's something particularly that gets to me in in, in any story involving in, in enslavement and and torture in this way and and just the demeaning uh, of, of that sense like taking another person um uh, 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 treat, treating them in this way that, that attempting to break their will kind of thing it really gets to me like un, under my skin um so so it's an effective passage for me in that way and I know I'm only going to get angrier the more <laughs> the more <laughs> the more chapters we get with this going on yeah and I. I think like they I mean it says yeah her hand stroked Egwene's hair mistress soothing her dog so like they're mm. making it very clear that like that's what yeah. they're trying to do um okay I figured out why I was confused about Min so there's one point where Egwene is like talking back I guess to Renna and uh-huh. she starts freaking out and then it says dimly she was aware of Min shouting angrily and trying to ride to her side and then it says of another soul dom speaking sharply to her domine or whatever who looked at Min and then Min was yelling too arms flapping as of trying to ward off blows. Uh, so yeah. that's what I was confused about. I missed the part where it says that someone else was making their oh, yeah, yeah. slave woman, I guess, use the power against her. Yeah, there's so many things going on and it's mm-hmm. like we only have implications that even the story does that 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 writer thing where when they first when the ambush is first triggered, it's like, uh, you know, a great many things happened at exactly the same time. And here here now the narrator's gonna try to lay out for you all the because there's so so much happening physically simultaneously that this this is one of those scenes I think that will probably be way clearer and easier to parse on screen because it'll happen you know you can just have the camera show you each of each of these things and it'll all happen very quickly uh, so that because there is a lot going on and we're learning so much all at once about the the way that the Shanshan do this here yeah and that's what I was trying to kind of understand what happened so it was like Nynaeve as they came out of the way gate then I guess Nynaeve realized that like they were fucked and so she started kind of freaking out and then at some point something happens I didn't know if it was like a lightning strike or something that separated the four from each other with Min and Egwene on this side and then Elaine mm-hmm. and Nynaeve able to get away and then I think a couple of the people that were waiting for them were killed yeah I, I, I think Nynaeve kills a whole bunch of the soldiers coming after her and they eventually give up the chase because they lose her yeah. in, in the woods because you know it's Nynaeve we know she's really good at getting around in, in 
the woods uh, and she's like hurling wind, knocking trees over, throwing lightning bolts down. And I think she's fighting off two of the Demane chasing them as well, like the the chained channelers. Maybe it's only one. I don't, but I think it's two. Two, two Demane and two Uldam going after. Yeah, they get separated. It, it does. It happens really quickly. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't have like a very crystal clear mental picture of how they got separated. In other, other than that, they did in the chaos. Yeah, so I didn't know if it was like they walked out and like two went on like Leandrin's left side and two went yeah, on her right yeah. side or something. Um, because then Elaine says like, oh, well, they were right behind me. They almost got me, but then they let me go. Mm-hmm. And so then I guess we're supposed to assume that the Dark One only cares about Egwene and Nynaeve, not about anyone else. Which could, it, I mean, that that come, comes into a lot of things. Like it could be, I was trying to think, is it because of they're in that sphere of influence. He knows them and, and Egwene has been encountering him in her dreams. Is it because they're also Taverin as well? Is it because they're tangled up in the Taverin web of, of the Three Two Rivers boys? Um, and I don't think any of that is clear Mm-mm. here. I think the show the show's answer is going to just be, make it simpler that they are the Taverin who are also the dragon candidates. Um, if they're still going to leave that ambiguous in, in season two, I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm also not sure here exactly what, what the Dark One's interest is in them beyond that they've been tied up in all these big events so far. Yeah, I kind of, I was wondering if it was just because those two are supposed to be uh, Taverin and not, you know, as of right now, we don't really know anything about Elaine or her actual capabilities or anything because like mm. you said, it was just like, oh, like Egwene bumped into her, smash cut to now they're best. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like Montage. no dialogue yeah oh. <laughs> and so it feels i i this is not something that i really felt up until like this point in this book is that now the pacing feels kind of weird yeah because we focus so heavily on different characters at different points and it's like where did they go like mm-hmm. there's only a couple chapters left and we haven't seen celine in a while and we don't know what tom's doing and there was such like this huge thing about you know oh well we have to get to the white tower we have to do all that and then it's like yeah, yeah. okay well we were there now we don't really care about it and we haven't heard from moraine in a while and Leandrin was supposed to be going after Moraine and all of a sudden she's back. So did she find where Moraine went and came back or did she give up and come back? Where did we left Moraine off with the, the drug two, car attack, right? Uh, yeah, she was in like the village with the two older Aes Sedai. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't seen her since, and we don't. Do we know where she was going after that? Did, did she, was, <laughs> I don't it, it remember. It has been a while. Yeah, because she was wasn't she looking? They had like um like a book or something that she yeah. was supposed to be looking for. She was looking for that critical information. That was chapter twenty. Watcher. Now I'm now I'm like flipping back. Did we get a sense of where she is They're now? They're hiding out. Um, um, they're in the borderlands. She's. I fear I must leave you. Land, will you ready the horses? I will leave letters with you to be sent onto the White Tower if you arrange it. Uh, and where will where will you find your? Oh, and will you find your answers where you are going? Von Dane asked. I and the, Marine replies. I may already have found one. I did not know I saw it. I only hope I'm not too late. I will need pen and parchment. Yeah. So we have we have no clue. I think where she is mm-hmm. going or or has gone at this point. I also I have a hard time because there there's not really like timestamps on any of the chapters so i have my brain reads them all as like one after the other that like you know just be like moraine is here with these people not necessarily at the same time that leandrin's on her way back 
or that like you know they're being pulled through the way mm-hmm. gates or anything like i don't know in connection to everyone else when things are happening they have to a lot of it has to be happening kind of at the same time because the span yeah. the time span of the books is only like three years something really short we looked up and now we have this four month gap to account for that i really don't yeah. know where where that fits in at all in, into this like yeah all these timelines jutting up against each other yeah and so the four month gap was also interesting because i was like okay well what has pad and fane been doing like did he anticipate mm. that like it could take rand like eight months to eventually <laughs> get so he's just hanging out like so yeah. what has he been doing this whole time good question and we don't have, like you said we don't have many chapters to, left to find out i i have the sneaking suspicion and i truly don't remember but i have the sneaking suspicion that dragon or that this book will end on a cliffhanger to be resolved in the dragon reborn i cannot see how they could possibly wind up uh, a real you know a real conclusion to an arc here this uh, it, i feel like it's going to be real middle book of a trilogy syndrome syndrome like real like no keep reading on to find find out where all this is going um, i'm sure we'll have something climactic but i doubt it's going to resolve even a fraction of our questions or or where all the other characters are where what moraine's up to what tom's up to i don't know if we're gonna have time uh, unless they all show up at Toman's head as well so I was just looking to see, like, okay, when were these books published? Like, how much of a cliffhanger did he have to end on in order to keep people interested? Mm-hmm. And it looks like the first book, Eye of the World, was published on January 15th, 1990. The second book, November 15th, 1990. But then the third oh, book, wow. really not fast. until October 15th, 1991. So people had to wait almost a year then for mm-hmm. the third book. So if I'm going to stay involved <laughs> in a book series, <laughs> you're going to have to end on a cliffhanger. Um. But I'm also hoping that, like, he's going to not necessarily wrap stuff up by the end of the book, because there are only a few chapters, but at least bring more people kind of together or, like, push their storyline along, because there's been so many yeah. characters. It's like, um, so, yeah, like, what's happening with Celine? We need Moraine again. We need, um, is it Bail Domin? The, yep. the ship guy? Yeah, we need him. We need Tom. It's like, otherwise, what and was Bale, the point? Bale is presumably, he's also still at, at Fall. Right? Or wait, is it? Is oh. he in Tom and Head or was he at Or Tom and Head? Yeah, yeah. I forgot those are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rand, uh, where, where do they come? Do they arrive at Tom and Head? Oh, no, wait. Oh, no, no. Is Falme a town in Tom and Head, actually? Is that the oh, gist of it? Is, 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 Tomen, is Tom and Head the, the peninsula? <laughs> Pulling up the wheel of time. Yeah, yeah. pulling up the map. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that might be the case. I think they are the same general air. Yes. Okay. So Toman Head is the peninsula nation that's kind of a loose collection of lordships that are now invaded by the Shanshan. And Falme is the southwesternmost port town. Oh, there it is. On, okay. On Tom, Toman Head. Yeah. So that's why I got a little. Yes. Everybody's in Toman Head now. I think. And the yeah. question is how close they all are to Falme. And I don't think Rand's group is in Falme itself yet, but they came out in Toman Head, I think. Uh, let's see so if that, <laughs> chapter 37, uh, where, where did they emerge? Uh, that's interesting though, looking at the map, because like Emmons Field, I mean, I'm sure it's like really far, but it looks like it's not that far from the Almuth Plain. So they had to go all the way over east to Tarvalon just to come all the way back over to the west to the very edge to get to Tom and Head. Although there are like the big mountains of mist in, in between yeah. there. I, th- I think that is like a thousand miles or something. I think it's pretty far because um, I want to say this continent is larger than 
continental Europe, if I mm. remember correctly, or or similar in scope at least, which would mean maybe if looking at that, if uh, if we're treating like Toman Head as Portugal the, the, and, and the Iberian Peninsula, like Nick was saying before, uh, then two rivers is maybe, I don't know, like uh, Germany, the distance away from there, or or maybe France, which is still pretty far if you're if you're going on foot or horseback, uh, and, and you have a huge mountain range in between you. And then, like you said, they were all the way over much farther. Um, oh, yeah. And if you look how far Shinar is to the northeast, oh, yeah, yeah that, and Cayenne, because they were on the eastern side. Yeah, they were basically on the eastern side of the continent going to the far west side. Uh, Rand's group. So that's what, like, because then it said, um, uh, was told to, Lander was told to get Aguin and Nynaeve chained and taken to the other side of the Aerith Ocean. So mm-hmm. is this, is this supposed to be like the whole map of this entire universe or just this one area? Just this, just this continent. We don't even see the Isle Waste on this map because they're east of the oh. the spine, the spine of the world. So you yeah, can't see any of Isle land here, and we don't see any of um, we don't see any of Shanchan because they didn't even know Shanchan existed. They just knew that Arthur Hawkwing's son in in the legend went across the sea in in retreat supposedly. So Shanchan's not shown here. No idea how big that is compared to the continent. Right. And the and I think the Isle Waste are almost as big as the whole continent here, east of the spine of the world, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's just weird looking at because like, you know, here's Emmons Field and then they ended up going, they were in Camelin and then they were in Tarvalon. At one point they were in Shinar and then they yep. went down to Carhane and then now they're going over. So that's why I was wondering like, instead of going back west across the entire continent, did they like yeah. loop around? But I guess they would have to go west using the... So, oh shoot, let me, before you look at what I just put in chat, let me remove the preview because I didn't want to preview on there. I, just, I posted a, hmm, make this message a spoiler. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I put it as a spoiler. If, but if you want, I just posted somebody's map rendering of the entire world, the, the Wheel of Time world to give, and I give perspective on here is that the continent is not even close to a oh. big part of the world. Okay. Um, yeah, that it is, it looks based on this, like, you know, sort of the, the scale that Europe is re- relative to right. the, the rest of the globe. Maybe a little more than that because there's more ocean in this world. Okay. Huh. Well, uh, do we have any final thoughts on this set of chapters before we call it for the episode? Um, Not really. <laughs> I think we've covered <laughs> yeah. almost everything. Just like excited to be almost like done with this book. Not because like I'm hating it. I've enjoyed this one more than I have the world, but it's just like mm-hmm. accomplishing two massive books for my, yeah. my bookshelf <laughs> <laughs> feels great. So, you know, being able to get into the third one and be like more into this universe. It's like, you know, I might strongly dislike some of the characters, but yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still invested in the story. I want to know what's happening with all of them so um yeah i'm just interested to see like where's he gonna take all these characters same yeah i i am once again finding it hard not to listen to the next set of or read on to the next set of chapters each week i'm off i'm often doing it on my audiobook now and it, uh, i have to make myself stop at the the 40 between 41 uh gap there just so just so i have them fresh in mind each week luckily uh like i pro- probably not as many as you but i do have a couple other books that i'm reading at the same time so i can jump mm-hmm. over to one of although this is certainly the most page turner I think. <laughs> well, if you're reading along, uh, audience, next time we will be reading chapters 41 to 45 of The Great Hunt. That, I believe, will be our second to last set of chapters. We only, we only have 10 left to go. <laughs> there are exactly 50 
in this book. Uh, this episode of Wattcast was produced by yours truly. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Wimble. Keely, where can people find you? On Twitter and Instagram at Keely underscore Reeves. Remember, you can always find us at Wattcast.net, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wattcast Podcast to keep up to date on the new episodes. And you can support the show at Patreon.com slash Wattcast. Your support means a lot, which you can also do uh, money-free by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your podcast platform of choice. This helps so much, especially if you leave a written review, even just a few words. That is a huge boost on the algorithm, the number two way we find new listeners. The number one way, of course, is to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth really does make a difference. That's all for today, though. Thanks so much for listening, folks. And remember, this is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But this is an ending. Farewell. Farewell.